Local news, talk, sports, and the hits of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Kane 107.5. Good morning and welcome to Bayou Sports here on a big hump day. Uh, Wednesday, November the 1st, who would have thought it? I mean, time just flies by. In the meantime, the Rangers, so one went away from the big, uh, big ring. Elsewhere, the Raiders clean house last night. College football, uh, a couple uh, scores last night. And also, Central Michigan has a little bit to say about uh, the University of Michigan. Meanwhile, uh, elsewhere, uh, the Saints, uh, no major trades out there for the Saints, but uh, some trades, uh, some teams uh, that will play the Saints. Meanwhile, I have a couple coaches on this morning at 7.30 and 7.45. Elsewhere, high school football, uh, the last weekend of high school football before we head to the playoffs. And with that, also, uh, of course, as always, uh, today in sports history. Meanwhile, Major League Baseball last night as the uh, Rangers uh, beat the Diamondbacks 11-7. Score wasn't as close as uh, the uh, last uh, indication uh, last night, uh, scoring more runs than they did in the first three games combined to take a 3-1 to lead and pull within one win of their first title. Anyway, to recap the game last night, Arizona uh, scored six runs in the final two frames to make this final score respectable, but Texas' offense put uh, this more or less out of reach from uh, the jump, scoring five runs in the second and another five runs in the third. The Rangers hit for the cycle in the second inning with a single from uh, Joukowsky uh, along with a double from Josh Young, uh, a triple from Marcus Simeon, and uh, a homer from Corey Sager. Crazy stat, Texas is now 10-0, folks, on the road this postseason. And not only is that the longest winning streak in Major League postseason history, it's also the longest road winning streak in Ranger franchise history and regular season or the playoffs. Impeccable timing, uh, meanwhile. Meanwhile, missed October 2-0. Corey Sager, the 2020 uh, World Series MVP, looks well on his way to winning uh, more hardware if Texas closes this out. His home run was the third of the series, making him the first shortstop. To, know, uh, to hit that many in uh, a single fall classic. He was also the 19th of his playoff career, tied for the sixth most ever. Of course, Reggie Jackson earned another moniker of, as Mr. October for his clutch hitting in the playoffs, blasting 18 homers, 48 RBIs, and 77 career postseason games. Well, Tuesday was Sega's 77th postseason game, and he now has 19 home runs and 48 RBIs. Meanwhile, Arizona, boy, they got a tall task now. The Diamondbacks will now try to become the seventh team in Major League history to overcome a 3-1 to one deficit uh, and win the World Series. Uh, game five, uh, 5 tonight is in uh, Phoenix, followed by Game 6 and 7, if necessary, in Arlington. And uh, elsewhere, something really, Game 1 was the least watched uh, World Series opener ever at only $9.17 million. And the viewership has only gotten a little worse since. Saturday's Game 2 drew $8.15 million, and Monday uh, night's Game 3 drew eight. Point one three million, and were the least uh, watched on records uh, per Nielsen in that. So uh, with that, of course, the Rangers 
uh, were, uh, what, 12 years ago from winning the World Series, uh, one pitch away twice as the Rangers ended up losing Game 6 to the Cardinals uh, on uh, David Freeze's uh, triple and homer to walk it off in the uh, 11th. Meanwhile, uh, with that, uh, six teams in Major League history have overcome those 3-1 to deficits to win the World Series. you got to go way back to 1925. The Pirates did it. The 58 Yanks did it when they beat the uh, Braves. The 68 Tigers did it, beating the Cardinals. The 79 Pirates did it, beating the Orioles. The 85 Royals did it again. Uh, They beat the Cardinals. And, of course, uh, the lovable Cubs did it in 2016. Uh, Can the Diamondbacks uh, join them uh, with that? Of course, uh, Anyway, um, with the Yankees, uh, the Cardinal, uh, Tigers, along with uh, the Pirates, uh, anyway, coming back from 3-1 to one wins along with the Royals uh, in the Show Me State Series. Uh, meanwhile, in the Cubs and Cleveland earned uh, – uh, entered with two longest World Series droughts uh, combined at 176 seasons, and the Cubs emerged victorious in one of the more epic postseason series of the all-time. And Game 7 went to extras in uh, an interesting classic, Jeff. I'm sure you recall it. Um, no doubt, no doubt. Um, the rain delay, uh, the uh, apparent uh, pep talk that uh, uh, the outfielder, whose name is escaping me right now, uh, gave, but... Uh, just uh, a fun season, of course. Yeah, and of course the Cubs uh, had to go all the way back to 1908 uh, to claim their last series. The longest drought now, uh, Major League Baseball, from a World Series winner, the Cleveland Indians, way back in yeah, 1940. They were number two in 2016. Yeah, and that's right. And uh, also uh, with Cleveland, and of course they did get beat again by, uh, I think the Braves beat them in 95. I think the Braves beat the Indians in 95, and I'm trying to think if there was one other time. Marlins beat the Indians in 97. That's right. So uh, with that, so uh, anyway, Major League Baseball, like I mentioned, Texans were uh, two pitches away twice uh, with uh, counts of two strikes on a Cardinal batter, once to Berkman and the other one to Freeze. And uh, Difference this year, though. They've got three games to win one. That's correct, and two of them could be in Arlington uh, with that, if necessary. So, anyway, last night uh, the uh, – Oakland Raiders uh, cleaned house last night, uh, not part of the trade route. The Raiders have parted ways with head coach Josh McDaniels and GM David Ziegler following a 3-5 and five start. Uh, linebackers coach Antonio Pierce is expected to be named the team's uh, uh, new interim coach in that regard. So uh, we'll see what changes uh, may happen to uh, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders, but... Anyway, uh, that uh, halfway, not even halfway through the season. Anyway, last night, college football last night, uh, some interesting games. Northern Illinois made a, a dra- drama of a comeback. Um, but uh, just- yeah, It was a terrible ball game at start. Uh, you know, I'd love to blame the weather at one point toward the end of the first half. Uh, snowflakes I've never seen so big were falling down. It was uh, huge. It blanketed the field quick. But yet... Central uh, Michigan had no problem uh, scoring. They had no problem moving the ball, but Northern looked like they were throwing the game uh, to start. Uh, Fumbled snaps, uh, easy missed field goal uh, early on, and uh, in the meantime, the Chippewas just kept moving the ball, and Northern did put up a nice uh, fourth period, but uh, they they still managed the clock poorly at the end, and uh, 
the idea that uh, the the punter uh, there, there was a punt with six seconds left in the game. Northern's down by six. I was surprised the punter didn't just kind of run the ball uh, out, uh, run the clock out. Uh, but he punted, and Northern uh, did a fair catch with no time left, although they did add a second back, and I didn't think they deserved it, but it just seemed like a really bad coaching job. Well, uh, And anyway. when I saw a fired coach uh, w- this morning when I picked up my phone and started looking at headlines, I thought for sure it was the Northern head coach who would have been fired the way that game went last night. Yeah, in the meantime, uh, in the other game uh, last night, Toledo, who only has one loss, went to uh, one another when they beat Buffalo 31-13, who, uh, if my memory serves me correctly, uh, Buffalo came down to Lafayette to take on the Cajuns. Cajuns beat them that night, I think 45-38, something of that nature. So, uh, anyway, more college football on tonight. Uh, as uh, it looks like on ESPN2, uh, Ball State will be at Bowling Green. Bowling Green up a five-and-a-half-point pick. Meanwhile, on ESPNU, uh, Kent State uh, – will travel over to Akron to take on the Zips. Uh, both teams are 1-7. Uh, Akron, a four-point pick in that game. Meanwhile, More action tonight. That's right. Anyway, the plot thickens, so uh, listen up. Central Michigan is investigating photos that show a man resembling Connor Stallions, the suspended Michigan staffer suspected of attending opponents' games to steal their signs and on their sideline dressed in uh, Central Michigan. Michigan gear. Uh, the plot thickens, Jeff, uh, with Michigan uh, as the Wolverines uh, are now, uh, you know, uh, looking at, of course, uh, uh, the uh, coach uh, was uh, suspended for, what, three games to start off the year. And uh, in the meantime, uh, as I said, the plot thickens in that regard. So we'll see. He, he, he had a visiting team credential, visiting coach credential. But yet he was wearing Central Michigan apparel that looked like it was handed down by Central Michigan. <laughs> and, you know, they were playing Michigan State, and it just, um, again, something just seems kind of uh, weird about that whole situation. Yeah, that it is. So uh, we'll see what, what takes place in the meantime. Uh, of course, Michigan uh, involved uh, in some other uh, plots there in the meantime. Anyway, um, some NFL news. Uh, the trading deadline took place yesterday, and there were some uh, some trades as defensive end Chase Young of the Commanders went to the 49ers like they need more defense right now. Anyway, uh, quarterback Josh uh, Dobbs went from the Cardinals to the Vikings. Of course, the Vikings were looking uh, for quarterbacks since Cousins uh, went down. In the meantime, uh, there was some thought maybe Jameis Winston might be on the trade block, but uh, uh, Saints didn't make any moves yesterday at all that I'm aware of. Anyway, defensive end Montez Sweat of the Commanders goes to the Bears, so the Saints are going to see a little more pass rush uh, this coming uh, Sunday against the Bears as they pick up a pretty good defensive uh, lineman. Meanwhile, wide receiver Donovan Peoples-Jones went from the Browns to the Lions, and they were among the players traded before Tuesday's deadline. Not sure about uh, any other big trades in that regard, so... uh, it looks like uh, the Saints uh, stayed packed. Of course, now if there's any kind of trade deadline, I think you have to clear waivers. And, of course, the uh, bottom teams are able to have first shots at uh, kids that, uh, or players that go through the waiver wire. 
Meanwhile, the college football uh, playoff rankings came out yesterday, and eh, some small surprise. It's not big, but uh, Ohio State comes in as the number one ranked uh, team in the college football playoff rankings. Uh, ahead of that, of course, uh, Georgia comes in at number two. Of course, they're number one in all the polls right now, but in the college football rankings, uh, a little bit different. Meanwhile, uh, Michigan uh, comes in at third, of Florida State fourth, followed by undefeated Washington, uh, who comes in fifth. Those are the only undefeated teams in uh, in the uh, Big Five uh, group. Meanwhile, Oregon, with their one loss to Washington, comes in at sixth, followed by Texas at seven, Alabama eighth, uh, coming in at ninth, Oklahoma, who uh, were beaten this uh, past weekend by Kansas. Uh, Ole Miss, with only one loss to Alabama, comes in at 10th. Meanwhile, Penn State uh, comes in at 11th, followed by Missouri, which kind of strange. Missouri's two spots ahead of LSU, and Missouri's lone loss was to the Tigers. Uh, Louisville uh, also comes in at 13th. LSU comes in at 14th. Of course, the Tigers do have two losses, of course, one being to number four, Florida State. Uh, elsewhere uh, in the college football rankings, Notre Dame at 15, Oregon State at 16. Tennessee comes in at 17, 18 is uh, Utah, followed by uh, UCLA at 19, number 20 is USC. Elsewhere, the last uh, five rankings come in at Kansas State at 21, Oklahoma at 22, uh, Kansas State at 23, Tulane comes in at 24th, the uh, only G5 representative uh, until Air Force comes in at 25. Of course, Air Force undefeated and uh, uh, being a game, or I should say a spot behind Tulane, whose only loss of the year was to number 10 Ole Miss in that uh, uh, selection. So Ohio State took the number one spot for the first of the college football rankings with four more unbeaten teams, as I mentioned, Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, along with Washington, round out the top five. The committee uh, clearly values the Buckeyes' strength of schedule. They're the only unbeaten team with two wins against top 15 opponents, number 11, Penn State, who they beat a couple of weeks ago, and number 15, Notre Dame, a few weeks, a week or so before that. Meanwhile, Georgia, which has been ranked number one in the AP poll for 20 consecutive weeks, finds itself at number two in this ranking and has beaten only two FBS teams with winning records. The committee also versus the media, the college football playoff committee, and the Associated Press voters have the same top 11 teams just in a different order. And uh, as I mentioned, Georgia has been consistently number one in the AP poll throughout the uh, year, while Ohio State in the college football playoff, which came out yesterday, Michigan and uh, Georgia shared number two, uh, Ohio State in the AP poll, Michigan a third in the AP poll, and FSU both uh, spots at uh, number four. So uh, uh, some differences in that, uh, but looking ahead, Georgia, should uh, should they leapfrog Ohio State with a win over number 12 Missouri this weekend for the first of the three straight rank opponents for the Bulldogs? Of course, they have to play number 10 Ole Miss and then Tennessee at number 17. So uh, we'll see how the Bulldogs handle those uh, three ranked opponents in the next few weeks. Meanwhile, uh, a little NBA news here, Jeff. Uh, Wow, just like a small vacation. If you are fans attending the Knicks game tonight up in Madison Square Garden, should uh, unsurprisingly be prepared to leave with a substantially lighter wallet. Check this out. By the numbers, for the cheapest available Knicks tickets plus. Who are they playing? uh, they They didn't mention who the Knicks are playing tonight, but just about the game. 
The Knicks uh, tickets plus a parking spot, two beers, two sodas, four hot dogs, a cost $745.18 in Madison Square Garden tonight. Uh, and that's on the average this season. Anyway, uh, also, that's nearly $140 more than the Warriors in second place at 608.39, and well over the twice as much as the average league of uh, $304.64. Four additional teams come in at more than four hundred dollars. The Celtics at five thirty six sixty nine, the Lakers five oh six oh five, the Nets at four sixty one fifty nine, and the Bulls at uh, four twelve. The most affordable games there are eight teams whose cost less than two hundred dollars for a family of four. The Hornets at one fifty eight, Pacers one sixty three, Jazz at one seventy seven, the Thunders at one eighty eight, Pistons at one eighty nine, the Rockets at one ninety, Trailblazers at one ninety one, and the Pelicans at one ninety five. So uh, anyway, mythology. In order to avoid skewed data, these three uniquely expensive categories of games were eliminated from the calculations: Christmas Day games, Laker Road games, the LeBron effect. Damian Lillard's return to Portland with the Bucks in January. So uh, uh, it's uh, interesting to see. Uh, I know people who have gone to the same games, it's like a small <laughs> vacation, especially if you're sitting in the Loge. I think those Loge tickets run for around $275 a piece, plus the beers, uh, two hot dogs, uh, et cetera, for a family. Anyway, um, uh, getting off expensive to attend uh, an NFL or an NBA uh, game. I, I want to say, Jeff, still baseball, still an inexpensive sport to attend, you know, as well as I do. Uh, you know, last time I bought a ticket uh, for a game, it was a pretty good seat at Wrigley, but uh, in the neighborhood of 220 per ticket. Yeah, and uh, it's uh, not too bad. Uh, I've attended some ball games uh, up in St. Louis. Uh, they have a uh, first pitch uh, ticket, which is a ticket you can purchase. You got to get there at eight o'clock in the morning, get in line, and you can buy a ticket for six dollars. And after the third inning, you see an empty seat anywhere in the stadium. You can have you can plop right down and enjoy the game. So uh, just something uh, of interest there. Anyway, uh, just quickly, a little high school note here in that uh, did you know that after making a fair catch in football game, teams can opt out for a free kick from the spot of the catch? Two high school teams successfully did that uh, with themselves. Uh, uh, last Thursday, Chaparral High in California kicker Ezra Johnson nailed a free kick. And uh, think of a field goal with no one oncoming. And I'm pretty sure you could do that in the NFL. Uh, with a, a player receiving a free kick, say around the uh, 50-yard line from a punt uh, near their in their end zone, fair catch, and you can have a free kick right there on a punt. And uh, I can remember it being done, but it's been years since I've seen it done. And uh, Friday, uh, Thursday, and Friday, uh, separate high school teams did that to put that in effect too. So, in both high school and NFL, yes, seriously, teams can opt out to take a free kick from a spot of a fair catch. And high school kickers are even allowed to use a tee. Rarely happens, though, uh, as the circumstances uh, to be perfect for such an attempt even to make sense. So uh, interesting, and I've seen it done in the NFL uh, with that. So uh, it's uh, it's happened in the NFL, but just uh, fewer than 30 times with just six successful attempts. So the most recent came in a game in 2019 when the Panthers kicker Joey Sly missed a 60-yard wide right. Anyway, in the meantime, time to take our first break here on Bayou Sports here on a big November 1st uh, with that. 
here on FM 107.5 AM 1240. We'll be back with uh, high school coaches right after this. Hey, guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand-new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. Athletic field provides challenges that test their competitor. It is in that challenge that you realize you can accomplish things you have never thought you could accomplish. I am Jacob Lander, and I'm running for state representative in District 49. I've created hundreds of jobs, good-paying jobs, that families can build prosperous lives based on those jobs. This is my challenge, and I need your help. Your vote and your support will ignite a bright new future for all of us. Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. Why are Interscholastic Sports called the last classroom of the day? Because they teach students important life lessons like teamwork, accountability, and perseverance. School sports are so much more than a game. They're about developing the whole person. That's why they're an essential part of every student's education. Encourage your student to participate in the last classroom of the day. Interscholastic Sports in Louisiana. This message presented by the LHSAA and the Louisiana High School Athletic Directors Association. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big November the 1st uh, here on FM 107.5 and AM 1240. And on the line with us is head football coach Rick Hudson of the Highland Baptist Bears. Good morning, coach. And as always, welcome to the show. Good morning, guys. Hey, uh, Coach, uh, who would have thunk it already the last weekend of high school football? And, uh, of course, a lot of memories and all for, uh, to share for your players. Even though I had a rough season. But in the meantime, uh, Coach, senior night tonight for uh, your seniors at, uh, or I should say Friday night for the Highland Baptist Bears? Yes, sir, it is. Got uh, four young men that we're going to honor before the ball game. And, uh, uh Four, four young men, that, three of them have been in the program uh, since I've been there. They they started in the eighth grade, and then another one who joined last year. Coach, uh, if you could uh, recap the Centerville game for us, uh, competitive ball game uh, at home against Centerville. Yeah, at one point it was 28-20, to 20 and we had the ball, and uh, we're driving to tie it up, and uh, I got a, got a holding penalty on a, on a play and end up, on that on that series, getting stopped by, by about a, a half a yard on fourth down, uh, and I think you know that was kind of the the final the final straw. They ended up scoring uh, after that defensive stop, and uh, we were un- unable to you know to, to get back uh, get it back close again. They ended up losing by two scores. There you go. So you come into uh, this final game of the regular season, uh, understanding that uh, the playoffs are out of reach. Uh, how, how's your team responded this week? 
Well, just like they have every week this this year. I mean, you know, we had our best practice of the season last last week, and and I think that shows that you know, uh, kids are still working hard. And of course, you know, you know with the only four seniors, everybody else is coming back, and so uh, they're still trying to get better and get ready for next year. So, uh, you know, we had good practices uh, uh, both days this week, although it's been a little bit cooler than normal. Uh, but uh, I guess you're enjoying this weather, huh, Jeff? I'm still wearing shorts, you know, but uh, this is not my favorite kind of weather. I, I think a lot of people think uh, I'm because I'm from Chicago. I like the cold weather. There's a reason I still live in South Louisiana. I, I like the hot weather. Well, but I'm not you know, complaining. I, I, said all, I said all during August, and I, I'm not going to complain when the cold gets here because exactly. I was so, you know worn out from the heat, but. Uh, uh, it isn't. You got to make an adjustment, you know. And uh, and I think by the time we we play on Friday, it's going to be in the 60s. So we'll be we'll be fine on Friday. Yeah, I was going to say if you know the daytime high around 75, 76, it'll be cooler obviously by game time. Uh, it's this time of year you really notice when the sun goes down. Yes, sir. Absolutely. But good conditions for the fans, uh, and I know you're hoping for a big crowd on. Senior night. Uh, what, do, what do you know about the Eagles at this point? Well, they've got a lot of speed. Uh, you know, they they got beat last week by BC uh, by a fairly good margin, which I think everybody in our district. Yeah, I was going to say so nothing nothing unusual about that. But they've got a lot of speed, and they've got uh, a left-handed quarterback that runs the ball really well and throws the ball really well. Uh, got a, got a really live arm, and so he presents a lot of problems for us that we don't necessarily see every week. Uh, uh, you know, they're, they're still a solid football team uh, like they normally produce every year. There you go. I believe you uh, had a volleyball match there last night. Uh, how'd that go? We beat uh, St. John's of Plaquemine uh, in four four games, uh, which means we get to advance and go play the number one seed tomorrow night, uh, Metairie Park Country Day in New Orleans. Okay. Yeah, that, that's the uh, thing about being the 16 seed. Congratulations, you you won your first round, but meet number one. Yeah, and it was a real, you know, a 16 versus a 17. It was a very competitive match. Uh, uh, they won the first first game. We came back and won the second, third, and fourth, and all, all three of our wins were, were really close scores. There you go. Well, Coach, uh, again, looking forward to being there Friday night uh, to see your team for the first time. I'll remind you about the roster and stuff. Yes, sir. I've, I've got that ready for you i'll just i'll get that email here in a few minutes i appreciate it coach uh again thanks for joining us this morning but look forward to being one other, go one ahead go thing, ahead Jeff, go one ahead other, one other thing we got our regional cross-country meet at eagle ridge tomorrow afternoon okay real good and again is that uh you know we were talking about this with uh artie uh, at delcom high because their senior night they recognize their cross-country team as well because it's not necessarily the best fan-friendly kind of an event where you get to recognize those seniors. Um, so is, is there a fan opportunity for those kind of uh, matches, uh, meets? You know, that's a that's a good point. Uh, never have uh, We never have done that before, but that's a good idea. Yeah, and again, we'll uh, be talking to Coach Lyles in just a bit, but uh, appreciate uh, your joining us this morning. But, and but, go, go ahead. But we don't. The other thing is we don't have any seniors on our cross-country team this year. There you go. I, I take that. Oh, 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 oh. I screwed up. Megan Champagne. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We do have one senior. I'm sorry, girls. 
Okay. Do they compete together, male and female? I'm sure the outcomes are not. You know, no, they no they they have two separate they have two separate races. Gotcha. But do they play in the same events or run in the same events? I'm not following you. The same distances, you mean? No, like are both even though they're competing, men against men, girls against girls, do they race at the same time at the same event? No. No, okay. no, two separate events. Gotcha. Two separate events. Gotcha. Well, again, Coach, appreciate you joining us. We'll look forward to being out there Friday night. Good deal. Look forward to seeing y'all. Appreciate yeah. it, man. Good luck, Coach. Uh, yeah, just uh, yeah, it's different uh, schools have different uh, types of senior nights, you know, where I know uh, when Catholic High had their senior night a few weeks ago, uh, they, not only did they honor the football-playing seniors, they honored the cheerleaders. And, and most schools do that. Yeah. Uh, anyone who participates on Friday night, band members, trainers, right. cheerleaders, uh, but, it, you know, Coach Lyons in, and we'll be talking to him in just a little bit. But, again, because it's not exactly a, a fan type of sport, right. uh, you know, they don't have that opportunity. So um, I was surprised to hear it, but uh, pleasantly surprised to uh, hear it. Yeah, so uh, they honored, uh, I mean, even, uh, the, as you mentioned, band members, the dance team, uh, seniors. Uh, so it was pretty, uh, pretty unique uh, because those young people practice and uh put time in away from uh, free time and studies uh, to uh, be participating in uh, those different uh, team events and uh, cheering squads and everything else. So uh, it's great to honor them uh, in that regard. So uh, with that. So D- difference uh, in the football senior night, there's still a whole lot of school left. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. And, and many of these athletes are or band members or cheerleaders. They're going to cheer for the next sport uh, and uh, a lot of players uh, play multiple sports, so uh, it's, it's probably not their last athletic event. Right. And, of course, uh, many of them postseason as well. That's right. And uh, with that, of course, who would have thunk it already the last uh, high school football uh, week uh, as uh, the various teams take on uh, each other. Of course, uh, with that, uh, we'll have Coach Artie Laosa on in the next segment uh, with that. But, of course, the Highland uh, Baptist Bears taking on Central Catholic, the Eagles, uh, out of Morgan City, uh, a pretty good team, uh, as he mentioned. Uh, it seems that Catholic has just been beating everybody up and down uh, in the area. I think they downed uh, Central Catholic by a score forty-eight to seventeen or something in that vicinity. So, uh, and we've talked to several teams, uh, coaches who have played them, and common thread is boy, their numbers are small this year, but uh, the the talent per player is uh, apparently pretty special. It is. And uh, uh, teasing coach uh, Terry Morton earlier this year after his team was beaten by uh, Vermillion Catholic, I said it looks like they're the 8-2A champion as they uh, beat uh, not only Ascension Episcopal but Catholic High and Lauraville. I want to say – uh, each and uh, successive weekends or Friday nights in that regard. So uh, anyway, uh, some interesting games this weekend too, as uh, the Lorville Tigers after uh, getting shot out kind of surprisingly by Catholic High. I'm not saying that uh, 
that Catholic High had a great defense. They probably played one of their better defensive games of the year, and Lorville had some opportunities to score, but uh, turnovers cost them, and uh, the Tigers uh, head to Delcom uh, to take on Delcom uh, uh, for Delcom's uh, last game this year and uh, uh, with Coach Artie Laoza. We'll have him on in a few minutes. Meanwhile, other games in the area, of course, we mentioned Highland Baptist taking on Central Catholic. Uh, the Gen Red Tigers will travel to St. John and Plaquemine to take on uh, uh, that that program. Uh, Gen Red just having a tremendous year. Their only two losses, I believe, on the year were to uh, Central Catholic and also uh, Vermillion Catholic. So, Lowerville, I mean, excuse me, Gen Red just having an outstanding year. They could end up 8-2 and two in that regard. Uh, elsewhere, uh, Catholic High will journey over to Baldwin to take on uh, West St. Mary, uh, the Wolfpack, in their last uh, game. But the Panthers uh, playoff bound, uh, as I said, the number four seed in uh, select in Division Three, uh, And uh, the way that it stands right now, they'll have a bye their first weekend going into high school football playoff. Meanwhile, the Yellow Jackets will journey to uh, Lafayette to take on the Mighty Lions up in Lafayette. That game, as you mentioned, Jeff, will be played at uh, – I want to say, uh, boy, LCA. Yeah, LCA's field over there on uh, in, uh, right off of Interstate 10, north of Interstate 10, as the Yellow Jackets looked uh, to get another win during the course of the year. Had a tough year playing some of the best teams in South Louisiana, as uh, Josh Lerman will be on tomorrow to talk about that. And that game is tomorrow. Uh, Thursday night, that is correct. Meanwhile, uh, the St. Martinville Tigers will journey to Crawley to take on the Gents and uh, – uh, their game, uh, of course, St. Martinville, uh, right on the cusp of playoff action. Uh, their journey to Crawley, who's having a down year. We look for the Tigers of St. Martinville to come on on top on that particular game. And, of course, uh, last but not least, the Westgate Tigers are coming in at uh, number 21 in the power ratings in the nine select in Division One. They'll journey to uh, Lafayette to take on the Northside Vikings. And, uh, of course, we had Coach uh, Ryan Antoine on Monday. Uh, morning and talking about uh, an improved Northside team, but uh, the Westgate Tigers coming in at five and four, and uh, they've had a really tough uh, schedule this year as they t- took on a couple of number one seeds uh, right now in Calvary Baptist, along with uh, uh, St. Thomas More last weekend where they played and uh, held their own, but were beaten by the uh, Cougars. Uh, I think it was thirty-one twenty-one in that ball game. Uh, so uh, we look for the Westgate Tigers. To come out on top, don't know if it'll jockey or mean much in their ratings uh, during the playoffs, but uh, an opportunity for them to uh, win a foot, another football game and uh, get ready for the uh, state playoffs in the non-select in Division One. Uh, elsewhere, that's about it. Of course, tonight, uh, Friday night, we'll have on uh, Highland Baptist uh, taking on the uh, Central Catholic Eagles in our high school game of the week. Of course, uh, sit back. We'll have a lot of high school playoff action with the teams that qualified throughout the uh, the season. And uh, with that, Jeff, just about time to take another break. Bring on Coach Artie Lioza in the next segment. You listen to Bayou Sports here on a big. Uh, Hump Day Wednesday, November 1st. We'll be back with uh, Coach Lauza right after this. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. 
We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. Athletic Field provides challenges that test their competitor. It is in that challenge that you realize you can accomplish things you have never thought you could accomplish. I am Jacob Landry, and I'm running for state representative in District 49. I've created hundreds of jobs, good-paying jobs, that families can build prosperous lives based on those jobs. This is my challenge, and I need your help. Your vote and your support will ignite a bright new future for all of us. Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. Hi, this is Boxcar Bajlow, inviting you to join me and PGA Golf professional Teddy Swyman for Chip Shots. Mondays from 5 to 6 p.m., we'll take an in-depth look at the local, state, and national golf scenes. And we invite you to chip in with your calls at 367-1240. Chip Shots is sponsored by GolfBalls.com and our local golf clubs, Eagle Ridge, King Row, and Sugar Oak. So let's make a tea time for 5 p.m. on Mondays for Chip Shots on Kane. Dream us live on Kane1240.com and catch the podcast the next day. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports on this, the 1st of November here, a big hump day uh, Wednesday. And on the line with us is head football coach of the Delcom Panthers, Coach Artie Lauza. Good morning, Coach, and as always, welcome to the show. Morning, guys. How y'all doing this morning? Pretty good, Coach. Uh, of course, uh, who would have thought it, Coach? Uh, already is uh, the 10th weekend of uh, high school football just blowing by as the Delcom Panthers uh, take on uh, the Lorville Tigers uh, from uh, uh, the Tigers' uh, journey to Delcom, Coach. And uh, tell us a little bit about your game last week against uh, Ascension Episcopal, uh, just a recap. And then, of course, uh, what your fans will be uh, looking to see, what the Lorville Tigers will throw at you both, uh, not only offensively but defensively. Yeah, one, one of the biggest positives for us uh, last Friday night was our first quarter. Uh, we kicked off to Ascension, and uh, the first play from scrimmage, they tried to throw a deep ball uh, down the seam, and our free safety, sophomore free safety, Maddox Gary, intercepted it. And then uh, we we took the ball down on a 65-yard, 16-play uh, drive and punched it in for a touchdown, uh, first in our, our quarterback's first touchdown pass of his young career. So, um, you know, that was very, very positive. Eight, uh, eight, eight minutes off of the clock or, yeah, eight minutes off of the clock. So, um, and then, you know, we ended the first quarter, we were up 7 nothing. So that was great. And then, of course, Ascension kind of got their bearings and, and, um, they were able to take control of the game. And, you know, but, uh, our, our kids, like they do every week, they fought hard and, and it was a good positive experience to, uh, be able to start a game that way. Um, as far as, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, Coach, uh, the, the young, the young uh, quarterback, Ricks, is that his last name, Ricks? Yes, R- Ricks Roban is his name. And uh, he is the grandson of Darcy Delcom, is that correct? Former Delcom yes. Panther coach? Yes, sir. A little, little legacy there. I was informed of that uh, during the game when we did uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, good to see uh, Darcy having a, a young grandson uh, being a quarterback for uh, the Delcom Panthers. Uh, not to interrupt yeah, you, but uh, no. go, go ahead, Coach. Yeah, yeah, and, and, you know, Rich does a great job, and you can definitely tell he's the uh, the grandson of a coach, and, and his father also played football at McNeese, so he, he's definitely got it in his blood, and, and uh, we look – forward to good things from him um as far as Lorville goes uh coming up this week you know offensively um very similar to um 
to ascension in the way they execute, very crisp. Um, and uh, defensively, I think they're, they're probably a little more aggressive than we saw from Ascension Episcopal. So, you know, again, it's going to be a, a tough night for us, but, um, you know, we're going to look for those positive moments in the game and, and, and try to do something this Friday night that we haven't done in a game yet. So, you know, that's kind of our goals going in, and, um, you know, hopefully our defense can come up with some stops and, and we can have a good night in that, in that way. You know, we've been talking throughout the season uh, – about how your team recognizes the challenges that were in front of them, but uh, always uh, willing to face those challenges. Yeah, you know, and I think a big part of it is, you know, most of them know that they are JV age, and when we played a few JV games, you know, we kept two of one of them, we won by seven points, one of them we lost, and then one of them we won big. So, you know, they were able to see that success. Also, in practice, I mean, just this week, you know, this cold weather has been really fortunate for us. I think it energized the kids. They're having a, a great time at practice, and they're doing things in practice that they hadn't been able to before. You know, at, whether it's certain techniques or, or finally making the play that they've been working on the technique for, and, the, and they're seeing that. They're seeing that improvement, and they're celebrating that in practice, and it's only a matter of time before that shows up on Friday nights. There you go, senior night, uh, Friday night. Tell us a little bit about the senior class. Well, I tell you, we have uh, six seniors. Uh, two of them are uh, four-year players. That's Eli LeBlanc and our fullback, Caden Bourgeois. Uh, Eli's done a great job at defensive end. He leads the team in tackles this year. And, of course, Caden Bourgeois, Bourgeois has been our workhorse. I think we tallied it up. He's got about 870 yards going into the uh, final game here. And then, um, you know, our two other biggest uh Contributors are uh, Talon Giberto, who's a two-year player, and um, and Lucas Broussard, who also plays defensive end. Talon's biggest contributions at the cornerback position. He's done a great job there all year. And uh, our kicker uh, is a two-year player, um, Brennan So, and then another two two-year player, Avery LeBlanc, um, who who's done a fine job. Both of them, all all of them, have done a great job setting an example for our guys this year. And, and, uh, you know, just keeping them positive and uh, keeping them looking forward to the future. There you go. Anything uh, the fans need to know uh, apart from it being senior night for Friday night? Well, senior night's going to start at 6.30, so if they can get there a little bit early and, and get a good crowd in the stands to uh, support these seniors, I think all in all between uh, a band, cheer, cross country, at football, I think we're uh, – honoring 19 seniors so uh you know it'd be a great night should be should be beautiful weather yeah you know saturday morning when we spoke you you gave me that heads up about cross country being included as well and i just like that gesture a whole bunch yeah you know well we we think of our program as just one program we don't we don't really consider it separate you know individual sports or individual programs all the coaches it's like a family over here and and we've we've really uh built a good culture around that and, and most of our kids play everything so there you go volleyball uh, i understand uh, they were uh, set to travel to calvary baptist uh, not sure if that match has been set yet uh, i'm looking at the lhsa website yeah they're actually playing today at four thirty. i think the girls are going to leave around 11 o'clock and uh make the trip up there and of course you know calvary's number four for a reason so it, it's going to be a tough one but uh you know the girls have made the playoffs and, and we're excited to see them off today there you go winner of that match gets saint charles who apparently uh swept saint james three games to uh nothing 
uh, last night. But uh, best of luck to the girls. Uh, if you uh, have a chance, uh, pass along our best wishes. I sure will. I appreciate it. You bet. Coach, anything else before we let you go? No, just, you know, look forward to doing this again next year. And, uh, you know, it's it's been a different season for us, but a lot of positive is coming out of it. No doubt. Look forward to talking to you Saturday morning, Coach. All right. Sounds good. Thanks. Appreciate Coach Artie Lowe's joining us on these Wednesday mornings. Yeah, and uh, like he said, uh, he's got, I think he uh, said he had six seniors on his team this year and uh, just a lot of youth, uh, as we've mentioned throughout the course of the year, but learning experiences. And uh, as you get on the field and play as a youth, uh, maybe freshmen and sophomores he'd played, and I even believe he had a couple eighth graders dress out with the varsity through the course of the year, trying to give him a little more depth, a a few more people. Uh, in the meantime, so uh, good luck to him uh, uh, Friday night taking on the Lorville Tigers, who are a quality football team. I think uh, they hold down right now. I think the number 12 spot in the power ratings in uh, non-select in uh, Division Three. So uh, with that, so uh, good luck to Coach Lowe's and his Elkham Panthers in uh, their last game of the year uh, Friday night, this coming Friday. Meanwhile, uh, a lot going on still. Uh, of course, a, c- a couple of three big events that uh, I want to mention, even though uh, usually that's uh, I usually save this for basically uh, uh, for today in sports history. But on this day, way back November 1st on Nove- uh, and, uh, 1913, the game of football and collegiate football changed uh, big time. And uh, with that, 110 years ago today, Notre Dame upset a Previously, uh, uh, I think a highly ranked Army team uh, at West Point by a score of 35 to 13. But the thing that changed uh, football forever, uh, thanks to one simple concept, was the forward pass that afternoon. Uh, In a new era, the forward pass was legalized seven years earlier in an effort to make the game safer. But it took time uh, to catch on as the effective strategy uh, just took uh, time. As I said, it's when quarterback Gus Doris uh, completed 14 passes for 243 yards and two touchdowns, including a 40-yard score to the great Newt Rockney, and uh, that uh, the Irish proved that the passing game was more than just a parlor trick as the Irish defeated a very powerful Army team uh, on that afternoon up at West Point. And, uh, the, so obviously the rule had always been in place. It has they for just, seven years, yeah, but no one used it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, at that time, the Notre Dame team used it, of course, uh, uh, Rockney later on became the uh, head football coach at Notre Dame, and the rest is history as the Fighting Irish coming out of the Midwest Little Catholic College out of South Bend, uh, Indiana, went on to uh, set all kind of all kind of uh, plaudits in that regard. So uh, in the meantime, uh, on this day also back in 1924, uh, the Bruins, the Boston Bruins, officially joined the National Hockey League, becoming the league's first team in the United States. Of course, at that time, the National Hockey League was made up strictly of Canadian teams, and they played their first game a month later, beating the Montreal Maroons, who uh, went, uh, I think, extinct. And then, uh, of course, the Montreal uh, team uh, came back a few years later. But uh, the Boston Bruins became the first uh, American United States hockey team to play in the National Hockey League. Finally, on this date, uh, back in 1938, historic. I mean, I think 40% of the country listened in on radio to the 
to the great upset of Seabiscuit beating uh, War Admiral, the Triple Crown winner from 1937. And, uh, of course, uh, the head-to-head matchup was held at Pimlico, uh, Baltimore's racetrack, of course, and the home of Preakness. And then uh, what was considered uh, to be the greatest match in racehorse history as uh, the uh, Seabiscuit ended up winning by three and a half, almost four lengths. And that that radio announcement, believe it or not, people were let off of work to listen to that match race on radio as Seabiscuit uh, uh, ended up winning that race as George Wolf took Red Pollard's place. Pollard had broken his leg and a, a, a horse uh, accident, and uh, uh, George Wolf rode uh, Seabiscuit that uh, afternoon up in uh, uh, Baltimore to beat uh, Triple Car winner War Admiral in that. And one thing I can remind folks, too, uh, the the famous racehorse Man of War, the only race that horse lost in the history of its uh, uh, races was to a horse named Upset. And that's how the term upset is the, the made today was a horse race, a horse by the name of upset. Before then, upset was like I'm upset, stomach, got, I'm, I'm upset about uh, I got a headache. But the term upset became really into sports when uh, uh, the horse named Upset beat Manowar. It's, it's only loss in racing history as uh, the term Upset became about during that time uh, in that. Meanwhile, just quickly going back to the Notre Dame Army game, this was their first meeting. And, of course, they've had some historic games, uh, Army and uh, Notre Dame, over the years, strictly back in the 40s when they used to play their annual game at Yankee Stadium. And they've uh, played this three games. Uh, this century uh, here, the 21st century, but uh, but are planning to start to play again. Of course, uh, Navy and Notre Dame just about play just about every year, and of course, uh, also Notre Dame plays uh, Stanford uh, pretty much uh, just about every year. And uh, they were one of two other teams uh, that Notre Dame plays uh, pretty historically uh, just about every year. But uh, uh, anyway. Uh, Army and Notre Dame set the college passing game into gear way back on this date in 1913 uh, with that, Jeff. Anyway, uh, in the meantime, Jeff, um, just about time to take another break here on Bayou Sports here on FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with more along with today in sports history right after this. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. Hey guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. 
We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. Attention high school sports fans, are you an armchair official? You know, the parent or fan who constantly yells at the referees and loves to let everyone know just how bad you think they are. Well, if you think you could do better, then get in the game and prove it. It's time for you to suit up and make the calls where they actually count. Every sport in Louisiana needs more officials. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big hump day, uh, Wednesday, November the 1st. Meanwhile, on the tube tonight, if you're looking to uh, catch in World Series game, can the Snakes, can the Diamondbacks keep their season alive in their final home game of uh, the 2023 season? Of course, the Rangers and Diamondbacks meet Tonight in Phoenix for Game 5, uh, first pitch approximately, our time, Central Daylight Time, uh, 8.03 with Texas, just 27 outs away from winning its first World Series uh, games. Starters tonight, uh, Aces take the mound as the Rangers turn to Nathan Evaldi. And uh, for the he has postseason ERA is three five two, and the Snakes hope Zach Gallon with his five point two seven ERA can get back on track with a playoff outing that mirrors his excellent uh, regular season. He's seventeen and nine with a three point four seven ERA. So uh, anyway, uh, more games tonight. The Pelicans uh, tonight take on uh, the Thunder up in uh, Oklahoma City. That's a seven thirty tip off, six thirty our time. Uh, ESPN the Clippers at the Lakers. Uh, they're at, not uh, in the same time zone as us yeah they sure are that's right so it is a 7 30 uh tip off for the uh, pelicans elsewhere the clippers uh, at the lakers that'll be a late game at 10 o'clock on espn uh of course the uh, pelicans thunder on espn also sabers at flyers tonight on uh national hockey league that's on tnt uh the blues at avalanche also on tnt uh, at 9 30 that's a late game Elsewhere uh, in that college football uh, tonight, as they've got a couple games, is Ball State, a five-and-a-half point pick at uh, – uh, or, excuse me, a dog at five-and-a-half at Bowling Green. That's a six uh, – I think a 6 p.m. kickoff on ESPN2, while Kent State uh, will take on Akron. They're also a uh, dog, a three-and-a-half point to Akron, the Zips. Uh, that's a 6.30 uh, – kickoff on ESPNU and of course uh, with that uh, tides are turning the Lakers hold a sizable 150-85 lead on the all-time series but the Clippers have won an astonishing 11 straight games against their big brother there uh, elsewhere of course and James Harden in the mix now. that's right uh, you took the words out of my mouth was James Harden in tow the Clippers now have three of the NBA's top 10 active scoring leaders Harden's number three, followed by Russell Westbrook at four, and Paul George at uh, ten. So uh, interesting uh, in that regard uh, with that. So uh, other news uh, in sports, though, uh, in the meantime, of course, uh, um, as I mentioned at the World Series tonight on the tube, uh, if the uh, Rangers, who have won ten uh, ten straight games on the road uh, uh, in playoff history, which has ever been done, so uh, – We'll see. A big game tonight uh, could be the end, uh, or if the Diamondbacks can hold on, head back to Arlington. But uh, the Rangers before have had uh, 
uh, back in 2011. They got down to one strike from winning the World Series, and uh, the Cardinals end up uh, with a comeback with Berkman and Freeze and went on to win Game 7 after a rain delay. A lot of people forgot between the uh, sixth game and the seventh game there was a rain delay in St. Louis, and the Cardinals were able to pitch uh, uh, Carpenter who uh, did a great job, and the Cardinals went on to win the World Series that particular year. A lot to talk about today in sports history. Way back in 1916, Broadway theater owner and producer Harry H. Frazee and Hugh Ward buy the Red Sox for approximately 700000 Of course, three years later, he sells Babe Ruth to the Yankees, and the world of uh, Major League Baseball <laughs> changed from then on. Way back in 1938, National League batting champion Ernie Lombardi of the Reds is named the National League MVP. He's the first catcher to win the award. Uh, the Red Sox first baseman Jimmy Fox takes the award in the American League. And uh, lo and behold, three catchers or two catchers back in the 50s, Yogi Berra and uh, the Dodger Roy Campanella, each win the MVP award in the 50s three times. Elsewhere on this date, 1951, as I mentioned, catcher Roy Campanella wins his first of his three National League uh, MVP awards. Also in this date, 1959, future Pro Bowler of Hall of Famer running back Jim Brown runs for five touchdowns in Cleveland uh, Browns 38-31 win over the Colts at Memorial Stadium. Also in this day, 1964, running back Jim Brown runs for 149 yards in the Browns 30-17 win at Pittsburgh to become the first NFL player to amass 10,000 career yards rushing. Also in this date, 1964, Houston Oilers quarterback George Blanda attempts an AL record 68 passes, completes 37 of them in a 24-10 loss to the Buffalo Bills at War Memorial Stadium. Also in this date, 1966, uh, Dodger pitcher Sandy Koufax becomes the first three-time winner of the Cy Young Award, a unanimous winner for the second straight year. In his final year, only one award given to pitchers in both leagues back then. Then it changed in 1967, where each league had an opportunity to have a Cy Young Award winner. Also in this date, 1966, folks. The NFL awards a franchise to New Orleans, and of course the team names it the Saints. It alludes to November 1st as All Saints Day in the Catholic faith, and uh, the rest is history. Of course, I think they got permission from uh, Archbishop Hannon. I believe so. Yeah, to call them the Saints, and uh, he cleared that. Also in this date, 1968, Detroit pitcher Denny McLean is named the unanimous AL Cy Young Award winner after finishing the Major League season with 31 victories and six losses. And, uh, of course, the Tigers end up winning the World Series. But it wasn't McLean that did the job. It was uh, Mickey Lollich who won three games against the Cardinals in that series. Also in this date, 1982, Major League owners vote not to renew uh, Commissioner Boy Coon's uh, contract. The AL owners vote 11-3. to 3 not to renew NL 7 to 5 too shy of the three quarts majority required for re-election they replace him with uh, Peter Ubroth who becomes the next baseball commissioner also in this date 1987 the New York Jets retire pro football hall of famer Don Maynard's number 13 course uh, famous C and Joe Namath that bring the Jets the Super Bowl win against the Colts back in uh, 68 also in this date uh, 1994 the Chicago Bulls retire Michael Jordan's number 23 in a two hour ceremony of course Jordan came back to the Bulls and wore number 45, I think, for a few games uh, in that year, or maybe the whole year. And it wasn't working out. Yeah, and he went back to his 23, I do believe. 
Anyway, also on this date, 1997, uh, Nebraska coach Tom Osborne records his 250th NCAA career victory. You ready? They beat Oklahoma that day, 67-7, and it's 25 seasons uh, with the Nebraska. He reaches that milestone faster than uh, anyone in 301 games. Also on this date, in 2003, Pittsburgh wide receiver Larry Fitzgerald establishes a new NCAA receiving uh, record with a TD reception in his 14th straight game. Also on this date in 2007, Joe Torre becomes the winningest manager in Major League postseason history and moves from uh, one of the more story franchises, the Yankees. He goes coach the Dodgers, agreeing to a three-year deal for $13 million. Elsewhere on this date in 2010, the Giants beat the Rangers 3-1 to in Game 5 at Arlington to clinch uh, their first title, the Giants since relocating to New York City in 1958. Giants going to win the World Series not only in 10, but 12 and 14. Also in this date in uh, 2017, the Astros finally win their first ever title, beating the Dodgers 5-1 to in Game 7 at Dodgers Stadium. Astros uh, MVP of that series, George Springer III, who uh, is still playing. I'm trying to remember if he's with the Twins. Uh, is Springer, I'm trying to remember who, uh, maybe he's with Toronto up in uh, Canada, George Springer, the outfielder for a fine player too. Anyway, birthdays today go back uh, way back to 1880. Uh, just a, probably one of the greatest sports writers ever in the history. Uh, New York Herald sports writer Grantland Rice, born in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And uh, with that uh, selling May of birthday, of course, Grantland Rice passed away in 1954. We'll have more on him in the quote of the day. Also born in this day way back in 1935, Gary Player, the South African golfer, nine-time major title winner, born in Johannesburg, South Africa. Also born in this day back in 1960, Fernando Valenzuela, the pitcher, threw a no-hitter in the Major League, six-time Major League All-Star uh, for the Dodgers, the NL Cy Young Award winner in 1981, had the great screwball back in the day, born in Navajo, Mexico. Deaths on this day, and as I mentioned earlier during the day, Man of War, 1947, passed away the thoroughbred racing horse with many victories in the Preakness Belmont and dies from a heart attack at the age of 30 for that thoroughbred racehorse. Also passing away on this day, Jeff, uh, Sweetness, Walter Payton, Hall of Fame running back with the Bears, the NFL MVP in 77, nine-time Pro Bowler, five-time first-team All-Pro, and when he retired was the all-time leading rusher in the NFL, dies a, a carcinoma at the young age of 45. Uh, sweetness passed away. Of course, he's number 34. I'm sure has been retired by the Bears in that regard, but uh, Walter Payton had to fool his mom playing high school football. She didn't want him playing football. He had to sneak away uh, uh, and tell her where he was at practices uh, with his high school football team in Mississippi. Anyway, the quote of the day, I go back to Grantland Rice, and uh, he penned one of the more famous uh, football leads of all time, and that uh, basically quote was outlined against a blue-gray October sky. The four horsemen rode again. In dramatic lore, they're known as famine, pestilence, destruction, and death. These are only aliases. Their real names are Stradenhauer, Miller, Crowley, and Layden. They form the crest of the South Bend Cyclone, which bore before uh, which another fighting army team was swept over by the precipice of the polo grounds this afternoon in front of 55,000 spectators. 
peered down upon the bewildering panorama spread out upon the green plain view. And of course, Grantland Rice, uh, I think he even did a World Series uh, baseball game on the radio, but he was back in the studio getting the ticker tape to announce the, uh, the uh, ball game at all. So, uh, but anyway, um, George Strickler was then a student manager for the Notre Dame uh, football team. He took that uh, with Grantland Rice wrote down that day with the four horsemen. And he pitched the idea out loud. And uh, after the team arrived back in South Bend, he got the four players, the backfield mates, to dressed in their uniforms on the back of the four horses from a livery stable in town where the wire services picked up the now famous photo and the legendary status of the four horsemen was a assured back then back in 1924 on this date in history anyway jeff uh that's today in history here on a big november 1st time flies by the last weekend of high school football and uh we'll have a big game on friday night holland baptist taking on central catholic uh, uh pre-game about uh airtime 6 10 with the kickoff at seven o'clock big thanks to our guest today highland baptists rick hudson and delcom's artie liuza and always big thanks to our sponsors, Jacob Landry, now state representative-elect out of District 49, L.A. Classic Roofing, Cane Row Golf and Turf Club, and the Schwing Insurance Agency. Again, we appreciate their support of Bayou Sports.